Justin Gatlin is the latest in a long line of sprint sensations to emerge from the USA. Gatlin got a good start. Look at this man coming through now. Gatlin. What a fantastic performance of Ultimate goal is to be one of the best sprinters in history. And what a fantastic performance of Gatlin and look at the time. It's the American leading the Jamaican at the moment. He knows he is the world champion. Of Justin Gatlin is the world champion here in London. Hey, y'all, welcome back to another episode of Ready, Set, Go! We in the building. You know who it is, your boy, Jay Gat, with my co-host, my man, co- Rodney Green. The, yeah, come you, on, man, you got to get quick with the gun, man. Man, you, listen, listen, I ain't trying to do no false starts, man. You see what I'm saying? Look, I'm trying to take it easy, you know? Well, I got and, it. The and, block and, is hot right now. You got a lot of fast sprinters out there, man. You're not about to make I'm trying to tell you. I'm trying yeah, to tell man. you, man. We'll be getting into this weekend, man. We uh, first, let's let's thank our viewers, man, for all the viewers we've been getting, man. Um, we appreciate everybody that's been watching the show, ready, set, go, and supporting, man. We want to thank you guys so much. Um, yeah, yeah, same thing, man. I we love you guys. Thank you so much for listening. We just want to build a community where everybody can be able to have conversations that's lighthearted, fun. We're not trying to pick, poke at nobody. We're not trying to hate on nobody. This is a place of love, man, because we love the community track and field. We want to make sure that you come here and also the athletes, not just the viewers, but the athletes be able to come on this show and be able to voice who they are because we all have a story, right? And we all want to be heard. So this already set goes about and we appreciate you all, man. Yeah, man, we're gonna we gonna we're gonna cover a little bit of topics today, man. We're gonna talk about uh just just a little, uh not a little, a lot of good highlighted things um this this weekend for conference, man. We wanna talk about uh shoot, we wanna talk about that four hundred meter world record being broken by Christopher Morales from Canada. Shouts out to Christopher, dog, because that listen. That, not that, that, that was crazy. D A T. D A T. That was crazy because I just felt like when you watch that run, well, first of all, when you hear, when you saw like, you know, the time, the timeline come down on your phone, on your IGs or Facebooks or whatever, Twitter, and you see world record, you'd be like, oh man, you know, they out there rolling like that. But to watch the race, this dude hit another gear in the last hundred of this 400 indoors. It, that it, was, was, it was like he was running because he was about to lose a bet or he just didn't like the dude that he was beating. You know what I mean? That It, it had a, a passion to it, a real passion. But what I like about the video is when you watch it, you had a commentator was like, was talking about how he thought the kid behind him was going to catch him and how that, that the guy from Georgia was going to lose. You know what I mean? But, like you said, he kicked it in another gear. Like, man, I watched him run the first lap. It looked like he came around that first lap in like 20.9, 21 flat. And I was like, <laughs> I wonder if he could hold this. I wonder if he could hold this. But, you know, you know that age old thing, you know, a lot of coaches teach you. And then they're like, get out of traffic quick. And he definitely did that. He And they or they say, like, win the break. He won the break. Yeah. And then he won the race. Yeah. Yeah, he he didn't wait for the race to come back to him. He just kept on moving. He just was hitting it, and then he had another gear left. And when he crossed the finish line, it was like he wasn't even tired. So I'm kind of scared to see exactly what this kid can do outdoor. Like, literally, like, he didn't... It's different when you win a race in a good time. You create, you put a target on your back. You know what I'm saying? Like, 
and people who are your competitors are going to be like, all right, I'm going to see you at national. I'm going to see you at indoor national and see what you got. But this dude put a time out there and a race that no one in the history of human, of mankind has ever done. Yeah. Like he did something. And if I was a competitor and I saw that happen, I'd be like, yeah, that silver looking kind of shiny right now for real. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, no, you, you're right. You know what I mean? He, 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 he created a space for him. And like, like Canada, you have another one, 44, 49. I'm pretty sure uh, the Canadians are going to expect a lot more from him after watching him make a world record. Uh, which is the new Canadian national record. You know what I mean? Canadians should be proud of this young man. And I think he's only 20 years old. Absolutely. Yeah, he's he's young. He's a sophomore at Georgia. So he's over there with Coach with Coach Carroll. Carol. So you know they- Man, shout out to Coach Carroll. Coach Carroll, for Carol. sure, man. She get them dogs ready. She find them dogs and she get them dogs ready. Yeah, they be yeah. ready to run. Yeah. So shout out to yeah. the whole team. Yeah, I don't remember- I mean, he might have been around last year, but I had I didn't I not I didn't watch a lot of college track and field. I don't want to disrespect the young man, but I, I I'm not sure anybody saw a world record coming. So shout out to him, man, Christopher Morales. Hopefully you'll be around a long time because a lot of confidence comes with a world record. You know what I mean? Um I like that it was conference weekend because, you know, I, I can't wait to see what he does at NC's indoors in the next week or so. You yeah. know what I mean? I'm, 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 I, he's on, he's on the RSG list. Yeah. We're going to create our own list. He's on the RSG watch list. First, he's on the first, first athlete that we officially say that you're on the RSG list. G sure. watch list. Yes. We you're are great. You are on our watch list, man. We are watching out for you. But I think the world's watching out for you. So, man, shouts out to Christopher Morales. We had another uh, record go down, man, uh, this weekend. And Lamar Destin jumped two meters in the high jump. And I, and I, I can't my, jump two meters. I did my math for all the Americans out there that don't know meters to feats. That's, that's six feet, six inches, point, point seventy five. Yeah, I'm, I'm you not understand how up. you understand how high that is. That's like a lot. That's about that's about like right here, that. Doug. I'm not. I could jump that maybe if I do like a front flip. Front flip. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> you heel kicking whoever in the face that you try to jump over, Doug. You, that ain't happening, Doug. <laughs> man, <laughs> hey, shots out to her, man. Listen, she she she's amazing. She's yeah. amazing. Two meters is is definitely amazing. I know some. I, I, this is gonna sound crazy. I know some high jumpers who enter, who enter the the jumps at that at that height. <laughs> they hey, it's a, a you know, whole so she, new world. That's what yeah, it's about she, to be, man. she's she's entering that level, and to be a college athlete, man, shouts out to her, man. Shouts For sure, that's an indoor that's an indoor NCAA record, right? Yeah, yeah, that's what it is. definitely is from Texas. Definitely is. She from A and M? Yeah, and she Jamaican. Shoot. Yeah, she island it's, girl. Shout out, shout out to the Jamaicans. But I want to talk about, in our last segment, man, you know, I want to shout out, uh, uh, definitely I want to shout out our Bahamas because, you know, that's that's my blood, man. I see that Terrence Jones, he false started at, at, at conference. I didn't like that, man. He had the fastest time in NCAA at 647. I would love to see what he was definitely going to do um, going into uh, – to 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 NCs, but whatever they doing at Texas Tech, listen, 
They got what? a they got an army of dudes that you could pick one or pick two or pick three or pick four, and they're gonna get it done. Oh yeah, a hundred percent, dog. A hundred percent. Let let you gotta let it let sink me, in for a second. Just let it sink in. Like you said, Terrence in the race with the fastest time right now, and then you you a competitor, but then you have he has a homeboy who's just as fast or almost as fast as him. And then he got another homeboy and then he got another one waiting in the next heat for right. let me, let me Let me go down this list. I think it's what? Terrence Jones at 647, which ain't a slump time. It's like, what, number five or four in the world. Dondre Swint at 649. Then you got Caleb Dean at 652. Anton Andrews at 657. This is, that, that's, the, that's the four guys. Then they got another guy at 659 uh, another uh, uh, of 658 another Bahamian guy Wanye which is which is which is crazy like you got five guys under 660 and you have to think about this each of those guys in the last 10 years would have won NC's outright on their own with the oh, time with the times they've ran right now that is that is that is crazy the last time I saw something like that man I don't know if you remember, man. It was back in the day with LSU, man, when they had like Kelly Willie, Petey Brazil, uh, uh, Xavier Carter. They just had like a whole, and, and Kelly Willie got to be like a 50 time All American. <laughs> I mean, this dude, he is he was in the way of a lot of people, man. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't, I don't know what it was, but LSU had. I think that's the last time we seen. A, a group of guys really dominate like 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 this. Now we're gonna see if they can hold on to it going into outdoor. You know what I mean? Well, I mean they starting they're starting early, right? Because like you said, if you go back in the past, you you look at the gangs. I call them gangs. That's what they were. Because that's what it felt like when we was at Tennessee. Them Tennessee boys, we felt like we rolling deep in the gang when we was winning winning uh, NCs indoors, SECs, conference, all that kind of stuff. But it was LSU. Before them, you had TCU. TCU came before us. You remember Darvis Patton. Shout out to Darvis. Kim Collins. Kim Collins. <laughs> uh, Michael Frader. Like yeah. when you saw them boys roll in with the all black suit from ankle to wrist, it was lights out. That's what it was. And I think that tradition has been passed on, but we haven't seen it in a while. We haven't seen a powerhouse sprint team in college that was dominating the way that Texas Tech is dominating right now. It'll be interesting to see exactly what's going to happen you know, for outdoors. Can they hold it that long? You know what I mean? What, what's their four by one going to look like? Well, they, 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 they look good last year. You know what I mean? But I think this year, I think their, their aim is to go for like, you know, NCAA domination. You know what I mean? They want to dominate the sprints and dominate their competitors. They're, they're definitely showing what they possibly can do right now. And it's a preview to what's going to show outdoor coming. You know what I mean? I, I I don't know what's what's what they have in store, but I'm interested to see. But I'm also interested to see who gonna stop them because everybody's watching this happen too. Mm-hmm. And just because you got the four or five fastest, some of the fastest guys in a grouping in your uh, in your division, doesn't mean that you could dominate outdoor. A lot of changes could come outdoor. You know what I mean? So. It is. I'm really interested to see what's going to happen on, on, you, on you that You have side. a lot of you have a lot of programs out there that say, "Go ahead, do what you do indoor," because we're going to be coming outdoor. Like like Florida, Florida's that kind of team. Like you don't see them dominate too much indoors, but when outdoor comes, 
they come with that fire. So man, coach coach Mike Holloway always got something up his sleeve, man. You know what I mean? So you you never know, and that program is doing very well. But then you can never count schools like Arkansas out, man. They they have a pedigree of winning over and over and over and over, and then over and over and over and over and over. <laughs> yeah. For sure. For sure. So yeah, just shout out to those guys, man. Well, shoot, so let's, let's get move, in the, let's, let's move on. We're gonna move on to what we got, what we got, what we got. Man, did you see Warhol, man, just ran <laughs> the 300 meter world record in like 33-7, bro? Yeah, I did. I did. I, I watched, <laughs> you know what? I'm a fan of Warhol. I, I like I like watching his his stunts he does, especially on IG, when he ran in snow before. And then not oh, just saying stunts like that. I mean, just the things that he does, he he really embodies that that Viking spirit. You know what I mean? Like fearless. And watching him go after the world record in the 300 hurdles was, uh, it was entertaining for sure. Definitely. Yeah. Not even that. When you watched him do it, bro, he did it in the stadium. It was just him. It was really no fans. And he just ran it. It's basically like a time trap, but he he put on the uniform, the spikes, and everything. He got ready like it was like a real track meet. He he ran in like lane seven. It was three hurdles set up on each side of him. You know, it was only him. And he ran. <laughs> I know dudes who can't run 33 in the flat. You know what I mean? Like yeah. who run the four? Yeah. This dude ran 33 with hurdles in his way. Now, what does that mean for the 400 meter hurdles? Doing 300 meters that fast. Now, given he did it straight, curve straight, you know what I mean? So it's a different from going from the curve to the straight to the curve to the straight again. You know what I mean? What does that mean for all the hurdlers like Kyron McMaster, uh, the Brazilian? What does it mean for Ry Benjamin? What does it mean for these gentlemen? Does, does, are they scared? Did they walk? Not scared, let me put, don't say scared. <laughs> are they intimidated by what he just did? And what do they think that mean? Do we think that another world record could fall with Warhol? But see, look, you are looking at all the competitors and all the competitors that you just named, right? They are great in their own way. You know what I mean? Like they have contributed something to the 400 hurdles of history. You know, like the fact is from our era, we trained in like almost secrecy, right? So if we would have ran that fast in a race, pretty much like a time trial practice, we would have kept it to ourselves. And then we would have unveiled it to the world when we got to like a championship. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? For him doing that and putting that on, I feel like those competitors are going to look at it and say, okay, let me take a little notes. I see what you're doing. Hey, coach, time to go to practice. I don't care. It is three o'clock in the morning. We got to go to practice. Let's do this. You know what I mean? I think it's going to help them get ready and then now we're going to see a more, a even more competitive season this year. And it's going to trickle into next year because that's how we kind of like watch Santos. Like if you watch the evolution of all the 400 hurdlers, it's like one 400 hurdler did something great one season. And then the next season you see another one born and then you see another one born. And now we have four or five of them ready to compete. And all of them have the abilities to break records and win gold medals. I, I like I, I like the way that they setting that up though. I mean, because I mean, when was the last time like a lot of us were excited about three or four guys that could possibly challenge the world record in the four hundred? You know, back in the days, either one or two 
maybe just one, not even one or two. You know what I mean? But we got four guys who who we're talking about, and we might have another one rise up who we're not naming, you know, right now. So they they made their event very exciting <laughs> in the just, last few years. So shouts out to them. I just had a thought, Doug. Because usually everyone's excited about the 100 meters, especially the men's side. And right now, a lot of these events come off more exciting than the 100, men's 100 meters right now. It, it, it is. You know what I'm but, saying? Like, but it, 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 it does. But we all know that straightaway is the most watched event in Olympics, World Championships, and everything else. For nine seconds... You gonna have the most people watch that event, popular or not. People want to see who's the fastest woman or man in that event. So yes, I love that we are glamorizing the other events, and which in their own right, it does need their 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 uh do glory or whatever. But that's still the race to watch, no matter oh, what. Yeah. <laughs> I get it. Definitely understand. You know you. Are- it's like uh, being the heavyweight champion of the world. You know what I mean? You're the 100%. champion over all others. That's what it feels like. You know what I mean? Not saying that it is, because we definitely love all the sports and all the events. But that's how it's deemed in some ways. Like, people are waiting to see who the fastest person in the world is. You know what I mean? Like, and that, and that, that holds weight all the way from grade school. You know what I mean? Like, who's the fastest kid in the class? You know what I mean? Now it's like you're watching these champions become, you know, be born now, you know, in sprints. And it's exciting to watch, definitely. Who Dude. else we got up there? Man, we got another hurdle event we about to talk about. We ain't going to talk about her hurdles because the hurdlers are making their event really, really sexy. And I love it. I love it. Femke Ball, man, broke the oh. world record. We talked about her competing at Indoor Worlds, but she just broke the world record at 49-2. 49-2. Hold on, hold on. 49-2, bro. She already running outdoors? No, no, no. This is, this is an indoor time. 49-2, bro. Hold up. She done ran a 49-2 indoors. Indoors, bro. Indoors, bro. And, and the funny thing is, I don't think she's done. I think the world records, it goes down again in Glasgow. Reason being, this is what I think. I think... You know, yeah, she ran it in Europe, but she'll have more formidable competitors, you know, when we merge the, the world and they, co- they come into Glasgow. She's going to have a higher level of, of, of competitors. Not saying the one she didn't, she ran against wasn't good enough, just saying that everything's heightened. You know, she might have been in a race where she knows she can dominate. You know what I mean? The girls that's coming, like uh, the Alexis's of the USA, and I, we don't know if Paulino is running, you know what I mean? I don't think she is, but, you know, when she lines up with them, when you run with people of your caliber, we all know the, the nerves get settled in or you could have a little more anxiety, which creates a lot more adrenaline for that person to run a little faster. So I don't think this is the last world record. I think it gets broken again. Uh, yeah, I mean, I can see that. Especially watching the uh, USA Nationals and watching Alexis Holm go out there and just run and dominate the race in the way she did, you know, there's still left more left in the tank, I think, for her. So being one of the top competitors, 
I can only imagine what the rest of the world is waiting to do. You know what I mean? That's going to be a hot event to watch. Um, I got a question. Do you think this is birthing, birthing one of the most epic rivalries that could go into track and field? Because now you have Pim Cabal, who is getting better and better at the 400 meter hurdles. And now Sydney has come along and Sydney said, okay, I'm going to do 400 hurdles and then I'm going to come over here and jump the four. And then now she, running, she was running some crazy times in the four. Very competitive. And then now Fim Cabal running 400. Very competitive. Are they going to both <laughs> jump into the four flat? Or are we going to see those ladies duke it out again in the 400 hurdles? Or are they going to say, you know what? You go get your gold over here. I'm going to get my gold over here. We're going to meet again in the middle. Or they could, they could run up the check. I mean, these, these, these females could actually, you know, at any event where a meet promoter wants to see both of them in the event, they could decide and say, hey, what are they giving you? But let's tell them this number, and you tell them this number. And they could, they could end up making a lot of money because they could want to race, but they should make it sexy for them, you know what I mean, to make it a little bit better. You know what I mean? Because, uh, you know, we, we, all, we're, we all watch sport, but we're not, as a professional sport, we're on the lower end. And I like to see the athletes get paid what they're due, man. You know what I mean? So I, I definitely like to see that. But just like you said, uh, I think, I don't know. I don't know. I think Femke was born from all the losses to Sydney. This Femke we're seeing, Sydney caused this origin story from losing to her so much. We've watched those tears and everything else. And in her absence, she rose and she's waiting for her to come back because in her head, she might not feel like I'm the real champion until I beat that champion. And we know the year that Sydney took off to run the four, she's waiting for her to come back because if she breaks the world record, she wants to break it with Sydney in the race. Yeah. I mean, I, <laughs> I could definitely see that. I mean, that'd be a, definitely a sweeter victory. You know what I mean? And it'd be one that will never say, well, a lot of people will say, well, Sydney wasn't in the race, but Fem trained hard for it. We watched Fem grow. We watched her set amazing times, win medals, break records. Like, she has outright earned the respect to break be records. a champion. So I think now it's the fact that it's two champions that's going to collide, you know? That's why I think Bro. it's going to be one of the most epic rivalries in track and field. Because if these ladies play their cards right, come on, bro. Like you said, they can both jump in the four and, and just gain that attention, right? They can both jump back into the four into hurdles and gain that attention. A hundred percent. And I think they, I think Femke, is on this. Man, y'all love Sydney, but I can meet Sydney wherever she's at. She want to run the four, I'll run the four. She want to come back to the hurdles? I'm waiting in the hurdles. I'm the world champion. You know what I mean? I think that's what it is. You know, and I think Femke wants that Olympic champion status because she won the two crowns. She knows for everybody to be as endearing to her as they are to Sydney, she has to do that. She has a 300-meter world best or world record or whatever you call it. Now she has the 400-meter world record. You know, the only thing left is her the event that she trained her life for to have the 400-meter world record. But she de I think she definitely wants that record, but she wants to race Sydney to get that record. Yeah, and we want to see that too.
definitely <laughs> want to see that. hundred <laughs> percent. But what does this mean for the flat four? Because now, like, it, it changes. You know, you still have Shawnee Miller. You know what I mean? You still have Nassar. You what still do you have mean, the, what does it mean for the, the flat world four? champion, Polino. Like, you think oh, you think they're not watching her run 49-24 and be like, oh, yeah, we just going to let her come and take that? No, these girls are sitting back and like, oh, we see that. We got something for you. Hey, <laughs> you, you talk about what it means for the four. This is what it means for the four. All those women who are already in the flat four, who have been dominating the flat four, and they know that Fem and they know that Sydney are coming in there and trying to establish a real footing of competitiveness and try to win a gold medal. Them girls in that flat four, <laughs> get back. They got, you know, they got to fight for it. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just, it's a fact. It's almost like, hell, it's almost like a 200 meter guy coming down to the 100. <laughs> Because you know, you can't, some of them 100 meter runners, they can't go up to the two. They can't be like, you know what, all right, you got this, I'm going to go over here. It's like, you got to fight for that spot now, for real, for real, you know? Yeah. I mean, I mean, not even them. I ain't even named Sydney. You know what I mean? Sydney's in there too. She ran 48, you know? But we all know with Sydney, it's a little different uh, because, like, she doesn't race a lot. But when she graces the track, she's the only person who I know, like, who comes to outdoor and her first meet is like, boom, like slap in the face. Listen, like she man. just slept the hell out of Ain't no, I'm getting the cobwebs off. It's like, yeah, this is my first meet. And then boom, I either run 50.9 in the hurdles or boom, I run 49 flat in the four flat. Yeah, I'm just, you know, trying to get ready. Trying to get ready at 49 flat. Oh, you ready? <laughs> Listen, bro. At the end of the day, they got it. They got something special for real. They got it. Dog. They got it. It's entertaining to watch. It's entertaining to watch. It's, it's, it's definitely crazy. I mean, they they this is setting up for a great outdoor season. You know what I mean? Could we see the 400 meter, four, 400 meter world record drop again and the 400 meter hurdles? Or with all the women we just named, could we finally see the 400 meter world record drop? It could happen. We keep saying it every time. It's Olympic year. <laughs> I, I think so. Crazy think things happen in the Olympic year. Yeah, this would be the year that those sleeping giants are definitely going to wake up. I think it's going to be a lot of uh, record scares, records broken, amazing times. Because it seems like everything is lining that way. And a lot of events are doing the same thing. It's like, wait, hold on. You got so many guys or so many females in an event, and they're running fast all around the same time. And they're pretty mm -hmm. consistently, that's only going to be, that's iron sharpening iron. So now we're about to see a really, really, I think a really epic Olympic season coming up for sure. Shoot. But the next thing we have on hand, man, is, is indoor worlds. So since that you said that about epic seasons and everything, we already talked about the Indo women's. We said the world record was going to be broken. It, but not we. I Well, no, we did. I just called I out a number. You. Yeah, I agree And you agreed. You. I just called out a, a hard number and said it was going to be 690. You know what I mean? But what what's do you the, think about the, the, You know what the world record is? It's 692. 692? 692. Yeah, okay. 692. What, right. what do you so think about- 692, everybody. Remember that. What do you think 
Do you think the the male world record goes? I I'm gonna I'm just give you my opinion first. I don't think so. Which I don't one? think six six thirty four. I don't think that leaves. I think six three maybe win, but six thirty four the world record for the men sixty doesn't leave. Mm-mm. I don't think thirty four is going. No, nah, I don't think thirty four. That's a that's I, a I different level of sprinting, a totally different level of sprinting. And you know you a math you a math guy. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, you about times. You about the meters. You about you got to make you got to make sure you get to this spot on the track at a certain time. I don't think that the individuals running right now are at that level yet. You know what I mean? Um, not saying it can't be done by the individuals on the track, but I think that it's not that season. Maybe next season is the season, but I think right now it's. I think six. I think anywhere between six thirty-four to maybe six forty, will will get the job done. I think. I think. I think six. I give it this. I give it. You know, I mean six forty-three. Sorry, I didn't. I said six thirty-four. <laughs> uh, six. I think. I think between six thirty-seven and six forty-two. You say thirty-seven? Wow. Yeah, thirty-seven. You know, I mean, they they building these surfaces better. And you've seen the new spikes, man. You don't like them, but, you know, you've seen them. Yeah. <laughs> they definitely add a little bit of... <laughs> hey, listen, I'm not a fan only because there is, uh, there is a level of success that it does bring, but the, but the era, the room for, like, era is too large still. Like, you have to hit those bubble spikes at a right angle and get that propulsion off the track that you're putting into the track. And if you hit it where you are not hitting that right angle, it can be counterproductive for you. And I, I'm only saying it because I wore them. You know what I'm saying? I'm the one help helped test out the, the prototype spikes at practice and found out it was not good for me to run the curve because you get <laughs> all over the place. <laughs> it's moving like Elvis out there. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's... But it's different for you though, you know, only because I've coached you for a while too. You're a heavy striker, you know. Yeah, being I gotta feel a, the ground. Yeah, being a light striker, it might work, but you are a power sprinter. Like, like if we if we gonna say all American muscle, that's what you are. You're definitely not Japanese lightweight. <laughs> you know, you know, inline V six, a high power. You're definitely maybe a, a V eight Hemi. You know what I mean? Trying to put them things on. So I, I've seen light strikers do better with the bubble spikes. You know what I mean? Heavy strikers yeah. always have a, a tough time because they strike the ground so hard. You know what right. I mean? So, th- so that 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 might have been the difference. You know it is because I was popping them bubble shoes. I had to get a new <laughs> pair like every other week. So I was popping. <laughs> they weren't for me. So, so speaking of not being a fan, man, and, and hitting the angles right, what do you think about the new long jump zone? I can tell you who else is not a fan. Carl Lewis. Carl Lewis. Hold on. Lewis. Hold on. <laughs> let me, before I give you my opinion. For long jump. <laughs> you said what? Let me hear what Carl got to say before Carl I give you my said, opinion. Carl said, oh, I feel like the board was a skill. You know what I mean? This is not me trying to sound like Carl Lewis by all means. It's like, <laughs> he's like, you feel like the long jump with the board is a skill. And if they just make it a zone... That's like in basketball where you're making the basketball hoop bigger for the three-point <laughs> guys. He's like, oh, that's that's what we doing? 
Oh, we got to, you just got a zone. Just step right here in this zone and you can make the jump. So he, he's not a fan. He's definitely not a fan. Do you think that's him being old school and not seeing what they're trying to do? Or do you think that that's a good idea for them to create the zone? Because a lot of people who have really great jumps, they're only over by like maybe a spike or a thing. You know what I mean? Man, so... <laughs> Hey, shout out, shout out to Carl with that one. That analogy is crazy. He said, make the hoop, they making the hoop bigger. So <laughs> he said in basketball, like, they might as well make the hoop bigger. That's what he said. Whole bunch of I'm paraphrasing, by the way. Here, I know. <laughs> um, what do you think, though? To be honest, bro, I agree with him. I, I only, mm-hmm. only because I've been a long jumper before. Like, you just can't go out and just haul ass from the back of the, of the runway and just now just sprint and just take off in a zone. And now you can see who the furthest jumper is. You know what I'm saying? I feel like that's, that's kind of grade school in a way. You know what I mean? Like where you just had kids jumping from a line, you wasn't worried about they were scratching or, or fouling or too far behind the line. Like it was just, just jump, see how far you can jump. Um, I understand the simplicity of it, but I think Carl was right. It's like, it's speed matched with precision and explosiveness. And now you're taking away the precision to where people who understand strike, understand power output, now a lot of people don't have to move their cone closer or further. It was an art to long jumping, man. You know what I mean? Like, that's why Carl was so good at it because he understood cadence. He understood how to strike the ground, how many steps it was really going to take him to get to that penultimate step to jump off that board and have like a centimeter before he scratches. That's art. And then now you're flying through the air trying to get the right form so you can land and get the best, you know, the best mark possible. So now it's just about moving forward and just jumping and seeing how far you can go. You know what I mean? So we're going to, if it changes, we're going to miss the precision and the art form of long jumping, but it still will be entertaining to watch. I wonder if, if, if like the powers that be who, who went in and like who advocated for the change and, and why a zone? Like, what what was it like? I I don't know who did it, or was it was it actual jumpers, or was it who complained? Was it a group of people? What did they lobby? Like, what what was it? So, if my memory serves me correct, they've been playing with this whole board situation for a couple of years. To be honest, man, for whatever reason, they changed from what the traditional board is. I forgot why. Then they tried to go to like they're thinking about doing a beam, like a whole like kind of invisible wall beam. And if you cross that beam, then, you know, it's a, it's a file. But then how high do you make the beam? Because now people who take off on the line, they may take off with a lower toe off the, off the board. And then some people take off with a higher. So where does the beam really like start at and stop at? And I think they kind of scratched that idea a little bit. And they went into a whole, I think maybe a plastic board of some sort. And I think they're kind of like, to be honest, bro, I just think that they're trying to figure out what is best. And now... They should just go back to what they used to have. You know what I mean? It's there until you come with something that's really bona fide better. Because that last board they had before they start changing it right now to a zone, it was it was putting long jumpers, triple jumpers, careers in jeopardy. Like they were rolling ankles on the board. They were slipping and sliding. They were popping Achilles, all this kind of crazy stuff. You know what I mean? Like you can't be... Uh, a federation that governs 
how performance is in your sport. And then you're putting athletes in danger with that same equipment. You know what I mean? So that had to change. And I've seen it happen because I think as a community, we need to, especially when we feel like other athletes in our community aren't getting their just dues. Because like you said before, we ain't making a whole bunch of money in our sport. So at least we can do is band together and say, hey, this is not helping these certain athletes and we need to stand up for it because it's whatever the athletes need. That's what it is for them to perform. So for them, I think whatever serves them best, I believe what Carl's saying, don't take away the precision because that really matters in our sport too. Yeah, that's, that's, that's hand-foot coordination, kind of what hand-eye coordination is to a baseball player. You know, you have to coordinate exactly when that, when, when that foot hits that ball at the right speed for to jump your further. So I, I I definitely do think they they removed the skill, but I I am for protecting the athlete too, you know what I mean? Like making sure that they're safe and everything else. So yeah, we I I definitely agree. On both sides, but I don't know about a zone though. And like how big this zone gonna be? Like is it gonna be like a three foot zone? Like like what is it going to look know, like? I saw a rendering and the, the, it looked like it was about a good, <laughs> it looked like it was about a good two feet. Oh, no. Like in width. So no, it can't be that. Can't be that. Can't, can't be that. Yeah. We'll see what happens, man. We, 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 we definitely going to stay tuned to see what happens, man. So, Jumpers tap in. Let us know, man, in the comments if y'all like the boards. If y'all like the zone or, or the zone, and tell us why y'all like either one or neither or whatever y'all idea that y'all come up with, I think it'll be a good topic to talk about because opinions matter in this situation, and and maybe we can solve that issue for those jumpers out there, especially in the future. Yeah, man, I, I I'd, I'd like to hear more about what they actually think about about their event, like having that zone and and how it affects them. Do they think it would be easier or harder, or do they like it or they not like it, like? Because the you know the people who are making decisions in the room you know are are there real jumpers in there or like jumpers from now or are there old jumpers making those decisions like who's making these decisions like I, I'd like more of that you know where you you could put face to the name I still want to see the face or the people or the names of the people at Wada or Usada who test you know what I mean those people still don't have a, like a real face where you could be like you. <laughs> you know what I mean like these tests come out you be like who, who's responsible you know what I mean so we so we like as in the sense of like who's uh, administrating the test or the ones who were like no 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 yeah like a, the representative like you know how like like when a lawyer goes and makes a statement that you know when when somebody something happens to somebody the, the athlete makes a statement but there's no Representative oh, like a of, of yeah person. of Wada okay. or there's no face like yeah. we just heard that Wada tested this person and blah blah blah. There's no representative coming. Like, yes, today we have caught this person and this and this <laughs> and this transpired because they don't have to retract any statements or anything. You know yeah, what I mean, they just yeah. they just they yeah. just, yeah, they're just sure. there. Like there ain't no face. If they got it wrong, there's no face to be like you got it wrong. You know what I mean. <laughs> You could just write, dear anybody at this company. Really? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Reply back. <laughs> yeah. And even when you hear the athletes talk about like what they went through, none of them say names. They just be like, they just say the acronyms like, yeah, WADA or 
you know, you, the, the the places that got it, the World yeah. Anti-Doping Agency. So I just want to, you know, have a representative, not to say to point the finger or to blame or to attack somebody, but just, yeah, I mean, it just makes You just want some transparency. Like, you just want some, some clarity and some some transparency in the, in the situation. Yeah, they, they move like Batman. <laughs> <laughs> they in the shadows. They, they in the shadows. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy though. But yeah, man, shoot. So you said something earlier and we rehashed on a little bit um, about NIL, NIL in our sport. And now you oh, know yeah. NIL is moving also, it's in college right now, but it's also moving into the high school realm now. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. What's your take on it and how you see it fitting into, into the track and field space? It's funny. I, w- I wonder how it's still, I feel like NIL still will only benefit the top 5% of the sport, even at the college realm. You know, how does it does it benefit? Well, I, I can't even say I feel like, because I don't have enough information to really render a real opinion. But from what I've seen, you know, or what I've heard from some athletes who actually do have them, it's not a lot of money that they're getting. They're getting money, but it's, it's not as much as a football or a basketball player. And AD explained it to me like this. He was like, of course, the, the, the sports that bring money to the school those those sports will always render a higher bidding of NIL, you know, because they put money back into the school's account, such as football. You know, you have a 30,000 stadium, 40, 50, 60, 70,000, or even 100,000 like Ohio State or something like that. The NILs, they could come at a bigger value, you know what I mean? Uh, basketball programs such as USC and and Florida and all that, they put butts in the seats. You could get that money back, but track, you know, it's tough. You know, it's a, it's a traveling sport. You don't necessarily put money back into the school. You actually take money because they travel more. You know, most, most track colleges, they have one meet a year that fill the stands. And, and we know those, 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 those meets, such as the Florida Relays, Texas Relays, Drake Relays, you know what I mean? Penn Relays, like, that's like one time a year compared to like a basketball or a football season where you have these home games yeah. where some of them could be like, where you fool or you sell out the stadium. So those NI deals will be, they'll make money, but it's not at the magnitude of of the other sports that put seats in the, in the school. So I know there's, of multiple ways you can use NIL from what I've read upon and what has been told to me and correct me if I'm wrong or anybody that's correct me if I'm wrong. You can get NIL deals straight from companies as well. And also there's a pool that also that some colleges kind of hold for athletes and they use it in a way kind of like um, scholarship money, right? Goes towards the athletes. Um, with the companies, athletes, y'all get creative, man. You know, because now y'all in a realm where it's different from when we was in college, right? We were just athletes and we were just happy to run. Hopefully we run fast enough that a shoe company, because that's all it was, shoe company would notice you and you would get a sponsorship back back then, right? But now, like, these young college athletes had the opportunity to sell themselves using their Instagram, the social media, the Twitters, all this kind of stuff, and just present who you are, right? And align yourself with what you are. You're fit, you're fast. You know, that can 
work in so many different realms, car deals. They can work as uh, Wi-Fi services, um, cellular services, fast modems, all this kind of stuff like that. Speed. Align yourself with things that are fast and, and learn how to be able to, to sell yourself and pitch yourself. Because right now, like you said, Rod, it's like the athletes are getting that trickle-down money. And it happens from the college level all the way to the professional level. The money that should go, the, the lion's share of the money that should go to the athletes isn't going to the athletes. So they're just making enough to where some of them can just survive. So know how to brand yourself. And this is the era of athletes branding themselves and really getting attention for who not only their, their speed, but their character. So Listen. Take that opportunity, man. They got to take the opportunity for real. Listen, I know of one situation of a football player, man. And I don't know the football player personally, but his parents branded him from he was born. I don't know if you ever heard about this kid named Dakolis Crawford. Oh, yes. <laughs> I see them <laughs> on social media, Doug. He, he has an NIL deal with an air conditioning company, bro. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about, bro. That's what I'm talking about. So and people it's think pretty. it's funny, but that, listen, he making quiet money off of his government name. That's name, his government bro. name, y'all. The coldest is his government name. And he's making money just off his name. You know what That's I mean? crazy. He got he got with an air conditioning company and he has an NIL deal and they use him. I think he goes to Louisiana Tech. And they use him, you know, to really, you know, push their brand. You know, we got the coldest Crawford. Listen, it's if, crazy. They, if, they, if they made a commercial, please somebody send us this commercial. <laughs> if there's a commercial out there, the coldest help the selling cold. air conditioners because that that is that's genius right there. That's genius. Shout out to his parents and shout out to the coldest man. I want to see how he play. I'm gonna go look up this Louisiana Tech schedule and check it out. Yeah, for sure. For sure. <laughs> you know what Definitely. I mean? We shoot. We talked about a lot, man. You know, but. We about to get into like some story time, but 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 get what Olympic story you have? We we're talking about a three time Olympia, man. Two thousand four, two thousand twelve, two thousand sixteen. You know what? Where are we going today? What are we going to talk about today, man? What man, what story you got of us? I told us? you from the last episode. I got another one that includes Sean Crawford. So we are going oh, this, Sean this, Crawford. This, this the part two, two or part two? All part right, two. let's run it. And I say part two because it it, it happened in the same Olympics. (laughs) Listen, for whatever reason, this Olympics 04, we were supposed to get kicked out this Olympics. Just hands, definitely him, hands down. And I'm with him. So we supposed to get kicked out the Olympics. So what happened next was, and I told you a story about him running with the hat on and the sunglasses, but I didn't give you the full detail. So we're going to go from there and then we're going to jump into the story. Sean wore the hat and the glasses. You, Team USA went on red alert. You hear me? Whoop, whoop, whoop. Because you only bring three athletes to uh, respectfully for your team to run, right? And he's one of those top athletes. He, he, the hat was not a part of the uniform, like the racing uniform. So now that's a violation. So he's on terms. He could get kicked out for real, for real. If they wanted to, they could kick them out. But it didn't. You know why? Because Coach George Williams. George Williams, shout out to George. Shout out to George (laughs) Williams. He ran from the stadium, got in a taxi, telling the true story, got in the taxi, drove to Kinko's, took out a picture of a hat. Wait, 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 wait. Pause. This is in Athens, Greece. 
So mind you, he this is not America. He going to Kinkos. This is in Athens, Greece. Continue. This is in Athens, Greece. <laughs> he jumped in a cab, drove to, uh, rode to Kinkos, got to Kinkos, took out a picture of a hat, copy and pasted it onto the list of equipment uniforms, made it right then, declared it in time before he can get disqualified. Right. So all in the rights, made it happen, clutch move, prices averted, right? Boom. Now we knew about this. We didn't went to, we didn't, we just said, oh man, you know, all right, cool. All right, we gonna chill out, no more shenanigans, we good. Day two, <laughs> semis, we in the same heat. We talking a lot of trash to each other in the warm barrier. We like, ooh, we about to ride out. We about to do our thing, right? Getting into the heat, go to the call room, feeling real hype, real good. Dynamic duo type of stuff. Get to the starting line. Boy, Sean was like, it's about to be trouble in this finals. I'm like, yeah, right? Set position, gun goes off. We running and I'm just like, boom, all right, we're going to stay stride for stride with each other. We're going to clear the field. We're going to stay stride for stride. We are stride for stride and we're about maybe 30 meters from the finish line. This dude looks over to me and says, yo, Gat, are you ready to get to these finals on these fools? <laughs> and you look at, you can see me in the video and I look at him and I throw my hands down like, hell damn yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> I, I remember seeing that in the video, man. Uh -huh. I, remember, I remember seeing that it was like, these guys are so disrespectful to their sport. And I was like, disrespectful? Hell no, man. I feel like that's what we need to see more of, man. But anyway. I did. I, I mean, I, I felt the same way. I felt like when we came across the line, we did something that was super cool. No, something never done before. We didn't break any rules. We didn't like... Uh, 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 touch each other or grab, you know what I'm saying? Grab like arms or anything like that while we was running. We didn't impede each other or anything. We didn't break any rules. But for whatever reason, the commentators, commentators felt like it was so disrespectful and tasteless. But then fast forward, you find a lot of athletes who do, you know what I'm saying, gestures now and it's lovable, right? So I guess it's, it's in the time, right? But I know when we came across that line, the feeling of doing that and feeling like you you feel like a superhero, right? Because you're out there running and having a full-blown conversation with your teammate while you in mid-stride competing against some of the world's best going into the finals. We were ready. We were ready, man. And that shoot, it felt amazing. Shoot, you don't have a lot of that, you know, at that high level, man. And, and you, you've had the experience or experienced that a few times. Not with just that. I mean, I remember you experiencing that with, uh, I think, what, Chirandi in, in 20... Oh, yeah, 20, 2012. 2012, 2012, man. You know what I mean? You guys are training partners. Chirandi Martino from the Netherlands, shout out to Chirandi. You know what I mean? Uh, are doing that. That's a hard feat for training partners to make it all the way through to the finals. That, that's very... Just, just making it to the finals of the, just of the Olympics is hard, or even making it to the Olympics. But you and your training partner, one being from the same country in that breath, and then one being from another country in the other one, is, is two feats that's 
like real, like, like, whoa, like, like, but I think there was ramifications for you doing that or, or there tried to be ramifications for you guys talking in that heat. Was there? Yeah. They, <laughs> they were trying to kick us out of Olympics. <laughs> I like, damn, we get kicked out of the Olympics for just having a, a, a casual conversation. That's what we were doing. We were just having a casual conversation, mind our own business, sprinting to the finals. And people they ain't like it. People they ain't like it. But you know what? I wouldn't change it, man. That was an amazing moment. And I think I'm a team player in an individual sport. So I love watching uh, teammates that I've trained with. And I know they poured their blood, sweat, and tears into their dream watch them throw up on the side of the track because they really want it. They're pushing their body to the limit and to watch them like rise to the occasion and make it to the finals. And you feel like, man, we did this together, man. Like that was, it's such an amazing feeling to have because you don't want to be out there with just you representing your whole training squad. You know, you want to be able to say my training squad doing it with me, you know, they, me, they get me, that job me, done. Let me ask you a question because you said the people don't like it, but you didn't know if the people like it. Do you think that the commentators, once they say something, it pricks the the people's thinking to think that? So, do you think if you were if you guys were praised in the moment, it was like, oh man, this is what we need to see in the sport? It changes what happens in that moment because they said it was disgraceful. Did people more so agree with that? Or if they would have changed it and was like, oh, man, this is so great for the sport. we love to see this. You know what I mean? Would it have changed the trajectory of, of what was said or how it was received by people? I think back then, since we really didn't have social media, their voice stood out. Commentators, whatever their quote was, whatever they thought, was it, it mattered more. You know what I'm saying? Because the people at home can't tap in. But nowadays... You know what I'm saying? The voice of the commentators are just the voice of the commentators because now people at home can see and they can respond individually on their own from their platform and the world can see it. You know what I mean? So I've had people come up to me years later, till even to this day, and be like, man, 04, man, that was crazy. You and Sean Crawford out there running and talking to each other. And, you know, they kind of blow it up and make it bigger than what it is. Y'all was out there dapping and slapping hands and everything, <laughs> dog. Like, I'm like, dog, we ain't doing none of that, dog. We would have really been disqualified. But it, it, um, I think then the commentators had more power to speak, you know what I mean? But regardless, I think it was a moment that it was our moment. We shared that moment and it made for epic finals. That's good, man. That's good. I, I just wanted clarity on that because I feel like sometimes, you know, the, the commentators need to be held responsible for what they say because they could control the narrative. And I, I, I think they know how much power they have in controlling the narrative, especially the most respective co commentators. Um, if they say something like really hurtful, they could con con control the narrative of what was carried out about the athlete or athlete. So... You know what I mean? I'm not saying that they shouldn't speak their mind, but I think sometimes they may overstep what they say. You know what I mean? I, yeah, true. And I, and I think commentators, to be honest, should always lean towards the realm of entertainment because you're the voice of what's happening in front of us. And, you know, we're watching something amazing happen. Like, you should echo how amazing it is. 
you talk about, man, that is crazy. They are running 22, 25 miles per hour and they're having a whole conversation with, with each other. That's amazing, bro. Instead of just trash talking it and being like, oh man, that's so disrespectful. It's not. It's yeah. pretty, it's pretty cool. It's pretty amazing. And I think that's which commentating should go to to make it even more exciting because these athletes are doing extraordinary things out there. Yeah, yeah. I like, I like, I like what Bolt did and the Noahs and you know, I, I was at a track meet this weekend, man, and I seen like in the four by one, this kid came through the line and he ran for the win. People didn't think that school was gonna win. And he he did the whole LeBron thing. He did the whole <laughs> and it, it got the kids like Rala, like, yeah, you know, it was exciting. Ain't nobody was like, oh, that's so disrespectful to the other runners. And like I tell even the, the little kids I coach, I tell them, well, shoot, if you, if you didn't like that, just beat them kids. Just win. Exactly. You know what I mean? Go back exactly. and train hard and win, and then you could be that kid doing that. So, you know what I mean? I, I'd like to see, as long as it's tasteful, you know, they ain't out there calling each other's names and everything like that. I like that kind of stuff, man. So hopefully we could end up seeing more. Yeah. Exactly. With that being said, man, all the athletes out there, y'all keep being you. Y'all keep stunning on them. Y'all dip, y'all put that hard work in. Take your moment. Shine. Shine on them for real. And the mm -hmm. ones getting shined on, don't have no hard feelings. Just train a little harder and get back out there and you your time will shine and be right there too. So get it in, get it in. And that's another episode of Ready, Set, Go. Go. <laughs> <laughs>